Uh, I was just going to say, don't underestimate a good sweater vest. You're right. Yeah. Truer words have never been said at this I, exact moment. Yeah, and on that note, I guess we should start the show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, Guys, well, I showed up wearing a Batman shirt. Half my job is done, all right? Hey, I'm wearing a Dorkening shirt. <laughs> I, I got my I got my Batman shirt, my Comics Paradox team. I'm 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 fucking golden. All right. I read the book. We'll talk about the book. Sounds good. Meh. Uh hey, welcome to the Dorka Night. My uh, the Dor- Dorka. Dorka. <laughs> welcome to the Dorka Night. I am your Italian host, Leo Pond. I've been playing too much Mario, you know. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's me, Leo. In this episode, Batman makes some pasta. <laughs> Uh, hey, welcome Not to the, the pasta you want. It's the pasta you deserve. <laughs> I am the pasta maker now. <laughs> uh, I've been on hold for 13 hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Kids, it's time to check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. With over 30 podcasts that encompass everything from horror to video games to comic books, and so much more, you're bound to find the shows for your taste. Whether it be Nerds of Unusual Origin, That Strange Show, Retro Red Octopus, Splash Pages, Throwdown Thursday, The Horror Squad, Still Token with my god, man, I can't read all of these. So just feel free to play and experiment with the Dork Eating Podcast Network. There are over 30 shows chock full of nerdy goodness to sink your ears into. And they're all available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are broadcast. <laughs> Uh, hey, welcome to the Dork Night. My name's Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard here. We have a great show scheduled for you, as always. We're going to be talking about Batman One Bad Day, another one. Uh, we're covering Catwoman. <laughs> and uh, if you haven't tuned in so far, we've covered uh, Riddler, Two-Face, Penguin, Mr. Freeze, Bane, and now Catwoman. So many bad days. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Justin, how's it going, buddy? Hello. Hey, uh, having a good day on this podcast, The Dork Night. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have a lot of fun, and uh, our Mr. Bane himself, powerful Brandon Conrad Bane is here. It's all about the bat days, never about the Bane days. Hey, everyone, (laughs) this is was a weird uh, version of Manic Monday, but that's okay. (laughs) It sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays. 
Hey, what would happen if somebody walked into here? You were excited and said that. Oh, man, I, I do believe they get their ass kicked. <laughs> I like how that came full circle. Yep. Yeah, it's we're all about that tonight. Conversation before this episode started. Um, yeah, man, I got to tell you, uh, one Catwoman, one bad day. Um, so before we get going on it, I'm just going to out and out say, so the Riddler one is the only one that actually understood the assignment, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. And everybody it, copied so, off. Of it's so like tangential and it's like, it's not, it's not like one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, it's a bad day. It's like, who is the bad day for though? Like it was somebody's bad day, you know? Like I said, the Riddler is the only the that the Riddler book, the one shot, is the only one of these that understood the assignment. Yeah. Because the whole premise is based off of the idea put forth by the killing joke. Like yep. everyone is just one bad day away from being me. Yeah. Oh, and, I mean that's that's what they say in all the comic solicitations. So yeah. And so far, the Riddler is the only one. That is followed through with the idea of that, like as the basis for the story that's told. Shout out to Tom King. Yeah, everything else. I'm like, this is this is a a fucking like don't get me wrong, it's not like it's a bad story, but to fall under the moniker of one bad day, like I don't think like if this was just like you know, Batman, Catwoman. I I found mommy's missing brooch. Okay, fine, sure. The, the, that's... You have to give it to the cover though. It delivers because you have Catwoman in the brooch on the cover. So you're like, okay. Yeah, those are the two things yeah. that yep. the story is about. I guess Probably. I have I have so many questions about where her costume goes though. So yeah, very very odd stuff. For, for I, sure. I thought she was wearing it under these. In what? the beginning, she definitely yeah. was. Well, uh, so let's back up for a second. Just uh, I'm going to read the synopsis here. Uh, sure. So this is uh, Batman One Bad Day, Catwoman. So Selena Kyle, a.k.a. Catwoman, if you didn't know, is the greatest thief that Gotham City has ever seen. She's effortlessly stolen countless items of immense value over the years and successfully evaded the GCPD and Batman. But when Catwoman finds out an item from her past is being sold for way more than it used to be worth, it sends Catwoman into a spiral, and she'll do everything in her power to steal it back. Batman tries to stop her before she goes too far, and a mysterious figure known as the Forger, is that her name, uh, will change Catwoman's life forever. The all-star creative team of G. Willow Wilson, which does uh, Poison Ivy, Miss Marvel, and Jamie McKelvey, uh, the Wicked and the the Divine, the Young Avengers, the unite for this epic story. Yeah, and by the way, it's the that's the Forger, not the Forager. <laughs> yes, Forager was a new a new uh, new gods uh, character who looked like a bug. Okay. Uh, I do have to say, you know, definitely not getting the the homework right. Uh, the storyline was I found was was. It was okay. It was definitely a lot better than what we've been reading. The art was excellent as well. Yeah, the art's really good. Yeah. I like um I like the plotting. I like the way things are paced. I I genuinely really like uh G Willow Wilson's work. 
So I, I get that. And, and usually you can tell because there's like a different sort of uh, quality to maybe some of the, like the, the, um, the talking and the dialogue and all that. Um, I, I think that this plot thinks a lot more of itself because it seems like it's a bit more convenient than it would be because it all ties back to this one particular moment that's really important to Catwoman. And then there's no tie back to the antagonist of the story that knows who Catwoman is or did this because she knew that was Catwoman or anything else like that. So it's like literally a coincidence. And I'm like, I feel like we're back at Two-Face here, you know? Yeah. This is 70 pages of a waste of my fucking time. That's how <laughs> I feel about it. I don't know. Quite, I, quite frankly. I mean, I didn't. I, I'm, nice I'm saying, but I'm saying that I'm okay. But I'm saying that not based upon the fact like, oh, it's, it's an okay story. Fine. No, no. I'm saying it based upon like, I'm reading this for one bad day. And once again, I am less left dissatisfied by the premise. It was a bad day for the security guards. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I just don't, I just don't understand it. I, I don't get how they reconciled in the editing process, even like, Oh yeah, this, this falls under what we've set up and what we've, what we've marketed. How? It, it just, it, I, I don't know. I feel like Tom King's should have been, you know, put in first and then shown to the other writers where they see, this is what we fucking mean. Or have Tom King write all of them. Yeah, actually that that's a better idea. I would have liked that a lot to have him write Bane would have been perfect. And, and I mean, Two-Face would have been better. Well, you know? I mean, I can understand them wanting to put different creative teams for different characters. That, that you know, that's fine. But, you know, just have there be a fucking mandate for the story. You know, it's like, hey, this is what we're gearing it towards. So have it fucking follow this. And instead... It's like Riddler showed us like, oh, this is that one bad day that drove him towards becoming the villain we know him as. That has not been the case for any other one shot under one bad day. And that's why I'm saying like, fuck this story. Like I said, if it was a different, if it was an otherwise, otherwise published like standalone Catwoman story, that's fine. That's not what I'm talking about. It's, it's okay in that regard. But looking at it as one bad day, I'm just not seeing it. I don't. I don't get it. Like I don't understand how this lines up. Who the ed- the editor is for this one? Um, I don't see it. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm sure. I I wasn't sure, but I mean, if if that's if that's the common thread across um, all of this, assistant editor is Jessica Barby. Uh, let's see. Letters. Uh, Jim Lee, Scott Williams. Those are just uh, alternate covers. Oh, uh, oh uh, Dave, Dave Wheelgoss. Okay, so so somewhere somewhere along this, like like Brandon saying, you've got your Perry White, right? Who's your your great Caesar's ghost, your editor, and he's giving out you know Lois and, and Clark or great I, shades of Elvis if you yeah. were a Lois and Clark fan. Yeah, like like all. <laughs> hey, what, what, what's your name, sir? No, <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> Sorry, but um, yeah. So they're handing out assignments, and this is kind of what we got. 
So, you know, we're, we're getting something where it's like, okay, it doesn't quite meet the assignment, but it's like, okay, it's a thought out narrative and all that. So, you know, they're still getting a passing grade anyway. But yeah, I, like I said, it's, 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 it's not a bad it. story, but it's not a good one bad day. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and there's, there's some weird stuff in here. Like, I don't, I don't think I understand the whole idea with the, uh, with the riot like was that so she could get close to the building you know but what was the purpose of the riot and then it's like there's there's the cop that shows her and i'm like i i don't know does that show that she can't trust law enforcement i'm like well the riot is the riot is to show to highlight the the classism okay yeah, yeah that's what i took out of it as well yeah yeah she like use, the rich stuff she uses the classist riot as cover while also going in to perpetrate this crime, which in her eyes, of course, is righting the wrong of how her mother was robbed, which in and of itself was a classist theft. So, I mean, it's all coming back to this social activism and awareness portion, which I, I, I get. Like, It's the I, idea that she started out from nothing and was poor, and, it, and, and she's like, once hungry, always hungry, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Like, if, if Catwoman were regularly more of a Robin Hood-esque character, that would really fucking pump my gonads. But that is not really the heart of this character. It, it's not. You know, so like... No, she's selfish by nature. And that, yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of who she is. So I, fi I find this kind of imagery and setup... Um, puerile? Sort of, well, no, not puerile. Just... Um, it's it's just it's missing the mark like th that seems how do i put it it seems more in line with a green arrow story than a catwoman story yeah no i i do not disagree at all that's why i'm saying it. it feels like it was kind of missing it for me like okay you're trying to show something here and and equate that back to how our character feels but it's kind of like i, I don't know yeah it's 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 very difficult to take an anti-hero cat burglar character who has very much always been about, let me get in, steal stuff, make money for myself, and then I can move on to the next big job kind of thing. Uh, and then try to play upon the sympathies of, oh, look, she was poor growing up and her mother was taken advantage of with this and, and paid pennies on the dollar for what this thing was really worth and oh look and then she went to go steal it back which like let's remember she was going to steal it so she put up two two grown men on the on the ceiling or yeah, on the, her, the roof her, right <laughs> her mother her mother willfully sold it the and from but honestly like from everything we've seen in the comic in this story the the pawn store that that bought it from her the guy was not trying to rip her off flat out. He's like, this is, this is, this is fake. Like the, the, this, the stones are nice, but this isn't, this isn't right. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't trying to actually rip her off. Like we even get as much from, from the forger. Like, yeah, the, the fence, like he, the, the pawn store owner just didn't know what the worth of this was, you know? Like, so that guy, he actually was not, you know, I'm I'm not trying to stand in defense of like jerky pawn store people, but like not every single person is out to like jerk someone around. The guy was like, "Hey, listen, it's not real. I can give you a couple hundred for it," which, all things considered, that was the best he could do for something that she thought was gonna be, 
I mean, what'd you think? She was going to walk in there and get $10,000 for it at a pawn shop? I think she did think that, and that was the yeah. idea. Yeah. But, like, that sucks. But the guy flat out, he's like, listen, this isn't this isn't what you think it is. And everyone says, like, oh, yeah, it was found in a pawn shop, and the guy didn't even know what he had. You know, so right there, it shows the guy was not trying to get one over on Selena's mother. All right? It, but Selena kicks the crap out of those guys, goes to steal it, even though her mother sold it of her own accord and was not taken advantage of all things being equal. Uh, and then it was stolen f- before she could get to it. Like it was, it was switched out. Like at what point am I supposed to feel bad for Selena in this situation? The person There's who is no point here where you are. I mean, the only point is when her sister rejects her for having something and, and she has kind of like that emotional moment. That's the only point where I kind of felt bad. Even then, you know, like if if the point had been the entirety of the story, like the point was being made that Selena was doing this in order to give her sister the money. Then I think it would have driven what she was doing, like home a little more. But that does not really seem to be the point. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to build empathy for her because I like her as it is. You know, and it's cool to see her do her stuff. It's cool to have a heist comic. And it's like, all right. But the heist comic is four pages. It's it's probably a total of 12 panels across four pages where it's like, all right. She dresses up like a uh, uh, a server. You know, she goes in and she messes with the college students who are uh, working at the priceless, uh, you know, Harrods uh, or whatever um, uh, auction house and stuff like that. And she takes it and then she goes out, you know, and it's kind of it. And I mean, it looks almost like this old woman, this this sort of uh, like crazy character almost knows who she is, but she doesn't, you know, and I'm like, all right, I feel like this would have been a great setup if she knew this was Catwoman's or something else like that. But it, it's just not like that. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Are you a fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books? Then Epic Tales from the Sewers is a podcast for you. We cover the comic books, video games, movies, cartoons, and anything else turtle-related. We talk about the toys, we talk about the cereal, we talk about all the fun things about turtles that we love so much. So give a listen. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. Check out Epic Tales from the Sewers, part of the Epic Airways podcast network give a listen dudes cowabunga is this podcast for you yeah i mean i will say the one thing i i actually really did appreciate um from a artistic perspective uh is when she is in the um the evening gown oh yeah with the muscles yeah um it shows that she she is like very physically fit like her arms and legs are very toned yep um I like primarily when yeah, right there. Um, you can see like the the muscles of her legs and, and her biceps and, and what have you. Uh like that makes a lot of sense to me. She would need to 
really have like like defined musculature and in, in, in a decent amount of physical strength in order to do a lot of the things she does as Catwoman. Um, and it's not like it's not overly uh, sensualized, like you know, a cheesecake Frank Cho kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, she, she just looks powerful. And, and she, looks yeah, like yeah, exactly. Like, she like, she oh, looks like she looks like a badass stunt woman. You know, like you know, like Zoe Bell coming off like Kill Bill kind of stuff. You know, and, and, and I appreciate that. But um, what what do we know about this character, Leo the Forger? Because I, I don't recall if this is a canon character. Um, no, that I, was all new to me as well. When I think of Forger, I think of like, okay, there's Forger who's like, I use the Forge and like Perpetua and all, or Perpetua and all that from like Batman Metal. You know, like that's Forger. So, you know, different types of forging. So, but this this is also like that that uh, one character that we read who escaped from Arkham and she could kill people by getting traces of their DNA. Remember her? <laughs> uh, the Forager comes up, or and World Forger, but not just the Forger. Yeah, that's the yeah the World Forger is from the whole thing with Perpetua. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it sounds like it's a one-off character for this. Whatever. I mean, just she's another thing. dangerous guys. Just be careful because she's this this person that you better watch out for. Why? I just have a thought. You know. Yeah. yeah. Whoopity de doo. Watch out, gang. She has light purple hair and crystal blue eyes. Oh, and she is apparently uh pretty pretty strong and skillful and really super well trained in some kind of martial arts because Selena can't do shit against her. Yeah, Whatever. she's like a little bit a little bit stronger and all that, but it's it's funny like looking at the facial expressions here, it's very reminiscent of the Kevin Kevin Maguire style of uh, Justice League International. Um so I I really enjoy the facial expressions that they have. Very uh very emotion, you know, you, you could tell like what they're feeling, what the characters are going with. Yeah, and you know, the the artwork, you know, when she's in in motion like the whole art really depicts that yeah so i i found you know that part good enjoyable as well good backgrounds like everything looks looks well proportioned and all that it's like i feel like we get spoiled sometimes with some of this artwork because then we'll go back and do a what if from the <laughs> early 90s and you're like oh man <laughs> what a nightmare yeah, I know. It's like, why can't we all have nice things? <laughs> so what would we change to make this a better one bad day? Like, per personally, you know, I would have liked to see, you know. I would have changed, like, you could still use this brooch thing, but I would have had this whole story be the one of the very first things that Selena decided she wanted to get back as a cat burglar and not have Batman so involved like I miss you and kissing and making out on a fucking rooftop and shit I would have had it be Selena figuring like I can do all this I can figure it out I know where that brooch is it's getting sold I'm going to break in this is going to be like her first big heist job ever and she meets this person the forger and they they're the they teach her a very valuable lesson like 
you might be good, but there's always somebody who's going to be better. And that drives her to be the best cat burglar in all of Gotham from that point. That's how I would have done it. Hmm. Because that's one bad day that leads her to becoming Catwoman. The one bad day is twofold because she watched her mother sell this thing, which she considered to be a priceless family heirloom. And then when she tries to get it back, utilizing what she feels are the necessary skills to do so, finds out, oh, all the skills I thought I had are completely fucking useless against this person because they got there first and they did it better. So what do I do? I need to make sure that I'm the best and therefore always first. Cool. I I love that idea. What if we step back a little bit, keep everything you said, uh, but make the, the pawn star pawn. pawn. Yeah. Like, okay. This is not a show on the history channel, Leo. Uh, the pawn broker, uh the the big bad like it was really worth quite a bit but he screwed over the mom and the mom uh couldn't make rent and ends up getting no no i i i i I don't like that personally like i i like the fact that um the pawn store owner is not the bad guy like he you gotta keep, keep in mind like he is he is a store owner in gotham himself he's not rolling in dough and i i kind of like the fact that in this they didn't make him the bad guy i feel like that's just a little too cliched a little too tropey you know he he gave her the fairest price he could for something that he out and out said like this isn't what you think it is you know he was as upfront with her as he could possibly be and then to have that confirmed you know later on like yeah it was in a pawn shop and the guy just didn't even know what he had like that I like that, you know, not everyone in Gotham is a piece of shit looking to like screw somebody else over. You know, they, they were both like right there on the bottom rung. And oh. sometimes, to, sometimes it's just like, it's nice to not have like people that are that far down and, and just trying to scrape by screwing one another over, not yeah. in a story like this, like where we're seeing like the stark difference between classes. Let's have it be, you know, eat the rich and not, not you know dog eat dog well Uh, i was i was mainly thinking that as like a plot device for the main like switch is you know her mother not having enough money and them being kicked out of the apartment you know and something bad happens and then you know no i mean i don't think i don't think you need to make it that dire you can have it just be like as a kid she saw how difficult that was for her mother especially considering like they were obviously in dire straits like that's why her mother was pawning that to begin with. You don't need to like go further with that, but have that be like a basis for what you're seeing play out, but it's still all past. Like we're getting, we're getting a flashback into like a year one esque type story. You know, that's really kind of the idea of what's going on with hopefully with one bad day. Like we're getting, those glimpses that drive them to becoming the villain, the iconic villain we know and perceive them as. I think if you have Selena's mother and her younger sister there with her, as they watch their mother sell this thing, which is breaking their mother's heart. Like that's the most important thing I think is it's, you can showcase how it hardened Selena as a person 
to not care about anybody else other than herself and what she needs and what she wants. Uh, and this is like that last thing that like she really cares about because it was a big part of, of how her mother identified with her, her grandmother and so on and so forth, their family. Uh, and that was taken away in, in, in ultimately ended up being worth more sentimentally than financially, as far as they knew. Uh, and then to see that there are people who are going to like, auction it off or it's worth thousands and thousands of dollars uh that really could have made a huge difference at the point in time when her mother went to do it like this is like selena saying i'm gonna get this piece of my life back i'm gonna see what i can do to help my sister and like it's that caring part of selena that we don't get in most stories and then she goes up against the forger finds out that she got there first the forager is faster, more skilled than her. And it shows Selena, like, I thought I was the best. I thought, you know, that this was like pride. This was hubris. And she can't, she didn't get the thing. She can't help her sister. She can't bring it back to her family the way that she was hoping to. And that hope dies out. And instead what replaces it is the steeliness necessary to become Catwoman which is where we end the story and how we see her now in the comic books and the stories moving from that point. That to me is what one bad day should be. That's, that's interesting. I think, I think you're taking like an origin look of it. I would take it for face value and she almost got to certain points of where I would go with this. And I would take it to her bad day is today. And just accentuate how her going after this was the worst decision she could have made this day. In every turn, it's like, oh, it's a fraud. You don't make money. Now you're in the hole because you owe this gangster money. Now you're being chased by Batman. Now you got beat up by this woman. You know, all of those things that I would kind of put that in and be like, that's just a bad day because of that. And it doesn't have to well, be the worst day, but it's just yeah, a bad day. But it, but the whole but once again, one bad day, it's one bad day from being just like me. So inherently, it is supposed to be an origin thing. That's exactly part of the reason why the Riddler one is the best and most effective story we've seen so far is because we see how it sets him on the path to becoming the villain that we know him as. And I'm not saying that this is definitively the story of what makes her Catwoman. It's what sets her on the path to becoming Catwoman. It's the thing that makes her realize like I have to work even harder than I already have before this point when I thought I was the shit. Like, that's that's where I'm seeing it. You can still have all that same stuff happen that you just said and have it end still with the forger showing like, oh, no, like you're not the best. You're not the fastest. You're not the strongest. I got there first. You have a lot of work to do. And that is what says to her, like, OK, if I'm going to be the best, there's more that I have to work on. And it leads to her eventually becoming Catwoman, the most notorious cat burglar in all of Gotham City. So, like, there has to be that slice of this is not the definitive origin, but it's a part of the origin. Yeah, do, do they, see, they don't go into a couple different things. I mean, like in this er, in this era, like her sister gets it tied into the the League of Assassins and like kills a bunch of people, but it's not actually her. Like, she gets exonerated from that. And yeah. um, I mean, this is not the era of like Roman Sionis, like killing people and feeding them to her. 
which is just an absolutely fucking brutal story, by the way. So, and I mean, it's like, if you don't look at Black Mass the same way afterwards, you're like, holy shit, they let that happen? You know, but yeah, that's, and then her sister went comatose. But that's not this character. So, but I am willing to bet after what happened in that store, you know, mom, something happens there. And then a couple years later, you've got, you know, Selena and her sister in child prostitution and such Batman year one. Yeah. It, it, like I said, it's just a piece of what the origin could be, not what the origin is, you, you know, just, just like with Riddler, like that's a piece of it, but there's the, I mean, think about the space we have in between him being a kid yeah. And him becoming the Riddler eventually as an adult. Like, there's a lot of space and wiggle room there. Same thing to be said here for this story. But no one has followed anywhere close to the framework of what One Bad Day should be since that very first one with yeah, the Riddler. And, and, and that book definitely changed my opinion on the Riddler. And now, like, I look at the Riddler and I'm like, holy shit, that guy scares the shit out of me now. Yeah. Like, And I, I'm just like, damn. And it's not even just, like, what he did to get there. It's, like, what he became. And he's like, yeah, I don't have to do this if I don't want to. You know, and if I don't want this, by the way, you know, uh, Damien likes to sleep in. It's like, what? How'd you get in my house? Oh, it was easy. I do it all the time, sometimes for fun. Like, this is fucked yeah. up. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, you think I don't know all these things? Like, man, this is a game. Like, I just enjoy the game. When it stops being fun, believe me, you'll know when I'm not having fun anymore. Like, whoa. If he's so smart, why isn't he rich? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, that I mean, that being said, it, it's, um, you know, it's it's not, this is not a bad story. It's just... I, I, it's not it's, what it was supposed to be. It one the one bad day thing is what what really puts the kibosh on a lot of it for me. You know, they're not driving that point in, in most of these stories. Like, where is where is the one bad day altogether? It's kind of like I mean, it's it's also kind of a comparison to the DC. Uh movie universe with these books where there's like one and you're like oh okay we're gonna get that and then you get all this other shit and you're like oh is it connected uh no it's like oh yeah. it's connected on principle oh well, there's wonder woman oh wait no it's not connected okay never mind yeah, yeah for real uh, but wonder so wonder woman uh just like she she just really needed to make sure her she was she was airing out her pits a lot i guess cool that, that was an interesting design choice on the costume. <laughs> like, oh, wait, oh, I don't one for um, Selena. Yeah. Like, like, uh, she basically ha- has the armpits cut out of her Catwoman costume. And that's, that's like the big design choice they made on this one. Like, all right. I mean, I, I think this is the, um, uh, what do you call it? Rebirth uh, design for it. So, cause I, I've seen this one for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 just fucking around with it. I'm not trying to nitpick the design choices. It just struck me as like, oh, I've not really seen that before. Like, different. Feel I feel like if you're in a Mission Impossible situation where one drop of sweat can set off a yeah, a, yeah. an alarm system, that might prove problematic. Ladies don't <laughs> sweat; they glow. They glisten. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know. I've seen the biceps on this lady. She sweats because. There's a lot of working out that that's been done for sure, and more power to her. 
she looks like she could she could lay out Batman with a with a decent haymaker, which I like. That's that's good. Yeah. Stuff. No, I I think that the uh, the character design and the way that they portrayed it in this one, it's it's under sexualized, which is uh, probably because of the creative team that they chose. And it's kind of an interesting take because it's not one that we're used to seeing. So, I mean, it, I, 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 I it like... does not have its like like moments like that. But I'm just saying it's not like a Joss Whedon movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Selena is a much better character than it's sort of like the Harley Quinn thing, you know, like I, I think there's an opportunity to show the person behind the character as opposed to displaying the physical attributes of that person as the character. Um, you know, the, Selena, I think there's a lot that can be done there. Uh, and I like her more with Bruce and Batman than without. Uh, I've Agreed. said before, I, I love the double date um, issue with Bruce and Selena going out with Lois and Clark. I, I think that is, one of the best comics I've read in a very long time. Uh, did, did you get to the point where they're past that? I think they're on vacation. They're talking about how they met each other. Oh, yeah. And it's going through all the different eras of Catwoman and Batman together. We keep talking about this. That's yeah. Batman annual number two. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like my favorite Batman book that he wrote. Yeah. Um, I don't think I did, but that's okay. <laughs> but, oh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like... I just, I just, I just really wish that they would make up their friggin' minds on Catwoman. Yeah. Um. Like, you can have her be like chaotic good, you know. And just, but like, Catwoman's not a killer. You, you know what I no, mean? No, not. And, and, and yeah, they go out of their way to show that she's not. Yeah. So like, the fact that she's a burglar. I mean. Part of it is like, yeah, it, it's the thrill of it, and she loves the planning. She's very intelligent and and very physically capable. I really just have the hardest time seeing like why exactly she can't make it work with Bruce. You know, like this is a guy who is like justice and and law, blah blah blah. And he's like, listen, you don't go out of your way to hurt people or kill people. You just take stuff from rich people. So, like, I'm rich. You don't have to do that. Help me stop the people that are hurting people. And everything will be fucking hunky-dory. And she's like, yeah, that's a great idea. But also, shiny jewels. And it's like, come on, man. She stole her wedding dress, man. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And then she, she stole uh, Bruce's money. You know, the, just, the whole I think now didn't they like there's aren't they still like they were still together. But now I think she's back to being a villain. She. OK, so this is why I don't like Gotham more. Um, yeah. it, it, it's she's decided to change crime in in Gotham. So she started a uh, school for training thugs to be cat burglars. A lot taskmaster. Yeah, and she's convinced the Bat family that she's right, and now the whole Bat family is against Batman. A la um, White Knight. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. Whoopity doo! And then it, it, it's turning out that Batman was right all along. There was something larger at play, and everybody was, you know, they're causing more harm than good. <gasps> what? Batman was right all along. 
it turns out it's it's a evil trick by um uh, it's um uh, savage vandal savage's daughter Oh, Vandal oh, Savage. yeah. No, she, she's got those mental powers too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not Jade. I forget what her name is, but she was, yeah. she was leader of the secret six, I think. But uh, Vandal Savage now owns, um, uh, the mansion, Bruce Wayne's mansion. Yeah. You know, the crazy Wayne thing Manor, stately, yeah. stately Wayne Manor, <laughs> Leo, co host <laughs> of the Vandal Dork Knights. Vandal Savage, all he has to do at all is literally just wait. That's all he has to do. Yeah. Like he could literally have everything. All he has to do is wait. You know, oh, oh okay. all the Waynes pass away? Not a problem. I'm coming in here. By the way, I've earned all this interest on my holdings. You know, it's like, just yeah, wait. Yeah, exactly. That's all you have to do. I know it's not interesting, but it's like, if you had a time machine, you just go <laughs> go forward in time. You'll see like, oh, richest man alive, giant caveman. You know, it's like. <laughs> so I don't know if this is part of his origin, but apparently there's these crystals that gave him his mystical power. Yes, in a it, uh, a meteor that he found as yes. a uh, as a, a Neanderthal. And, Leo, uh, are you familiar with the character of Resurrection Man? No. Oh yeah. Well, oh buddy, oh, Leo. Okay, okay. It, before before that, <laughs> let let me tell you how it's being handled in Gotham War. There's five pieces of the the comet that need to come together, uh, but apparently they also uh, create the uh, Ra's al Ghul's pool. Oh, the Lazarus pit? The Lazarus pit, yeah. Come on, man. The Razal Ghoul pool? Like, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you know, the Razal Ghoul pool? You mean the Lazarus pit? Yeah, that thing. <laughs> you know the thing that sounds like cool, kitties? I, I, I love Batman. Oh, yeah? What's What do you love most? I love making up my own terms for things in Batman. <laughs> Oh, oh shit! So that, I, that, that is literally what I'm gonna refer to Lazarus Pits as for the rest of my fucking life. Oh, you mean the Razal Ghoul Pool? <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> hey, isn't isn't he? Uh, he's what the last of this? The last uh, of these uh, of this series will be Ra's al Ghul after Clayface, yeah. right? Yeah. Clayface well, we get to see plenty of Ra's al Ghul pools in it. Yep. <laughs> It'll be a Ra's al Ghul pool party. <laughs> Welcome to my pool party, Batman. Care what for is all dip? green and disgusting. Your friend Jason seemed to like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why do you Why do you sound like the Joker? <laughs> That's none of your fucking business. Pool party is he hello, gonna... Batman. <laughs> Sorry, pool party. Is he gonna invite all the cool kids to his pool? Yeah, it's gonna be like Martin from uh, from the, the Simpsons. For welcome friends. to welcome to Ghoul's Pools. <laughs> I was trying to make an Aquabats reference, but oh, okay, all right. No wonder I didn't get it. <laughs> no worries. We're all fashion zombies. <laughs> who who could who could blame them? That's all I got for my Aquabats shit. <laughs> uh, just to be on record, I admit I'm not an encyclopedia Batman. I enjoy Batman. I'm using this podcast to learn more about Batman. So uh, we'll learn too. more about the Forager. <laughs> she 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 rifles through shit to find stuff to steal. 
Forger. Oh, Forger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. Like a plagiarist. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I am the plagiarist. I'm the copier. That's my name. Then I'm the plagiarist. That's also my name. Uh, I'm, I'm John ideas. Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> I'm creatively bankrupt. There we go. That's the title for you. <laughs> I just I just lobbed that one at Brandon. He just left it on the ground. <laughs> well, I missed it. I'm sorry. You said you said I'm the copier. You said that's my name. You you said uh, I'm <laughs> I'm whatever. That's my name. I said I'm John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Ah, that's my name too. There you go. <laughs> I don't Hi, ask my, much. <laughs> my my name is Ricky Smith. Ricky Smith. This is my friend John Jacob Jiggle Heimerschmidt. Uh, that also used to be my name, but I had to change it. People would start shouting whenever we went out together. <laughs> <laughs> and here's our dog, Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> he used to live on a farm with Old McDonald. <laughs> Didn't go well. <laughs> His wife died after eating a fly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> took a weird turn, but okay. Oh man, <laughs> wonderful. Um, but yeah. So, anywho, <laughs> this uh, this this book, like I said, it's a good standalone Catwoman story. Like I, I didn't have a problem with it in that regard. I just um, I, I'm just having a lot of difficulty reconciling the one bad day thing, yeah, uh, across this entire line so far. Um, it's like. I read the Riddler and I was like, wow, this is, this is going to be like an excellent, like one shot series. And then I read two face right after that. And I was just like, Hmm, I, I know I've been wrong before. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe this is an anomaly and we've just kept going. We, we've had this Coke tastes a lot like Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> you guys keep saying this is Coke and somebody over my shoulder keeps whispering Pepsi but I don't know. I'm getting distinct RC Cola here. So wh yeah. what is it? What What is it I'm getting? Shasta. What the? F <laughs> right? Are we at Sam's Club? <laughs> this is bullshit. Fago, are oh. we in the Midwest? <laughs> oh, Polar. boy. There's a lot of people in Atlanta. Oh, They're going to be real yeah. pissed here. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, insofar as a, a Selena Kyle Catwoman story, this is, this is good. Um, I think if you took one bad day off of it, perfect it's a it's a fun 70 page standalone you know it, it reads easily enough i don't mind the inclusion of the forger in there as as a newish character um but when i think back to what the promise of this whole thing was uh i can't help but feel like a little let down yeah let down is probably the best way to put it, it, yeah. it and it sucks because like like I said, it's it, it's it's impressively illustrated. Um, I I like the characterization in it. Uh, I just I don't. There's I don't know. I just feel like there should be some things that are inherent in the one bad day thing. Like when you when you read the Killing Joke, you can't help but feel bad for the comedian I, I don't know what yeah. what other way you're, to refer right. to you know yeah exactly. you can't help but feel bad for him you see what leads him to that point and the riddler same thing you know you see what leads him to that point you can't help but feel bad for him like his father is fucking terrible to him and he's trying so hard in this 
one teacher, like he is so up his own ass and so like proud of how he's quote challenging this student. It's not that he's, he's mean in, or abusive, like in the same way that his father was, but like, how is that, how is that helpful, man? You, like you being like cutesy and sort of like condescending to this kid that clearly is struggling with overthinking. Don't fucking make that kid overthink overthinking your job as a teacher is to help kids get past that and like figure out the best way to approach a situation not your way to approach to, a situation to be fair to be fair you know he was trying to change the way that that uh little edward was thinking and then edward stole the test and then edward went evil so it, it's it's kind of like yeah he he was like trying to teach him a message no no and, and, and i understand anyway. that but he was but, he yeah. was a bit smarmy Oh, one hundred percent. Like yeah. we and know the, where he went wrong. For but, for a smart yeah. kid who is clearly dealing with shit, like he's putting a lot of pressure on himself. Yeah. There's no need to do that. You know, well, if well, if you have a kid that smart and they steal the answers, what drove that kid to do that? You know, yeah, like the, the that's teacher, not being good at your job as a fucking. Well, I'm sure he was he was trying to get it over on the on the guy, like exert power over the the powerless and like like show. Oh, well, I can't control your father, but I can control you. So I'm sure there's psychology to it. And, and Leo, you you were saying? Oh, I was gonna say. I mean, you know, the the teacher. I I don't remember. Did he? He didn't know what the father was doing to him. Mm. Like. I don't no, know. no, and I'm not. I'm not saying that he did, yeah. but but he did know the kid, and he could see how much pressure that kid was putting on himself. Yeah, you know, especially considering the fact that you know he was clearly like one of the brightest pupils in his classes. You know, so when you see a kid that bright, and they steal the answer key to a test, what drove such a smart kid that you know is capable of passing these tests? to do such a thing like any educator worth their salt would be taking a step back from that situation saying like okay what's the root cause of this because i know that kid knows how to study can retain this stuff and and like contributes like answers questions knows this stuff so what is driving this so you're talking dead poet society right now and i mean we're getting the prince you know I'm talking, it's like <laughs> i'm talking i'm talking as the son of educators yeah you know, no, you're it, it, you're you're spot on correct, and I agree with what you're saying. I um, I and I, I like the idealism in in your message, and um, I I wish I wish that was uh that was evident, you know, because clearly he needed some help. Yeah. You know? So, and what I'm saying is like there was there was stuff there that was working against him altogether, like even himself working against himself. Yes, but um, there that teacher he convinced himself he was in Edward's corner and that was not really the case, you know, and I'm not saying he deserved to get killed. No. Yeah. By any stretch of the imagination, but like the outcome for him, especially what we know about this kid eventually becoming the Riddler, it shouldn't have been too surprising considering the actions he took to not help Edward but to satisfy his own sense of superiority mm -hmm. over this student. That's, that's all, that's, that's all I'm getting at. Like, that's not what being an educator is about. Like 
I had I had a teacher in high school, Dr. Ronkin, um, and he was he was a psychologist, and he taught like uh, like uh, me- uh, mental health and psychology and freshman health stuff like that. I met him, and he was a big big proponent of uh, critical thinking and uh, three dimensional thinking, and there was just something about him that I. I, I, we clicked. We that's that's the best way I can put it. We clicked, and on my lunch breaks, he would see me in the cafeteria. And he'd be like, "Mr. Powers, I have something for you." And when he handed me word problems, not math, but just like language things, and he'd be like, "I want to see how many of these you can you can give back to me by class," which was in like thirty three minutes, you know. And so I'd like eat my lunch quick, and then I would try to figure these things out and he would give me more and more and he was clearly tickled pink about the fact that i liked this stuff and i i could solve quite a bit of it um that's what an educator does a good educator sees a kid sees how their mind works and they try to challenge them and and engage them in a way that makes sense for that kid and that's not what happened in that story yeah no um and that but that's what makes for an interesting story because we see the end result of that being one of the worst most dangerous criminals that gotham city has ever seen and how good is the story which won an eisner award by the way you know for the story how good is the story that four issues later right because penguin two-face mr we're still talking about it they're still talking about that and not talking about catwoman which if you give me that will be a three and a half out of five yeah i mean that that just goes to show you like how good it was that it became the basis of comparison for every other story that we've read so far in this line of one shots under the one bad day banner. It's a promise that has not been fulfilled with every other title since became close with Mr. Freeze and close with penguin. I feel, but Uh, I, I don't feel like we came close with penguin. No, because that no, because it, once again, it was the aftermath of him already having been penguin and just trying to make his way back. We didn't see what led to it. Oh, I thought it was the idea that, you know, he had people paid by his parents to go to the, uh, like his birthday party. And that's when it realized him, he could pay people to do what he wanted. And they, that's so quick and, and almost flashed by that because they're focusing on him rebuilding everything. Uh, I do know what you mean. I mean, I read it. But there's not much of a focal point on that. They kind of bring it up to two tiny instances. Well, um, I, I think that's pretty much what happened in all of them. Even this Catwoman, like the flashback to her past was only what, like one panel or two panels? Yeah, like you it. Know? Yeah, it wasn't even it was like half a page, two panels and then a reflection afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And like the reflection part is good. I, I think that's important for any mm-hmm. story like this um, because the character should be aware, like, Oh, I, this is where I am now, you know, but for the audience, for us, we, I, I feel like the promise there is, Hey, we're going to show you the one bad day yeah, that led them on the path to becoming who you know them as it, That's not a full blown origin story. Um, you know, Bane, I mean, that's like that was probably one of the worst, to be perfectly honest, because it takes place so far from 
what you would consider to be the one bad day. And then they just like try to put a bow on and be like, Oh, when I broke Batman, that was, that was the, the bad day. Oh, well, I'm glad you said something in the last page and a half of the book because I couldn't fucking figure it out for the life of me before that point. It's better yeah. than Two-Face, dude. <laughs> oh, Two-Face was terrible. The worst. <laughs> I mean, they telegraphed that ending. From, oh, my like, the God. Second page. And like, why? Oh, why oh he's, he's, rehabil- he's rehabilitated. Who on earth could have sent that note to his father saying he was going to get murdered at his party? What kind of contrived Bob Kane bullshit is that where it's like, well, just because we need help, we're going to deputize you and make you the district attorney. But don't think any any uh, one step out of line, you're going back to jail. He murdered people, you moron. I know. He's not like, a, a at best. At best, he'd be allowed to work in the fucking mailroom at the DA's yes. office. That's about it. It's oh, dark. That. People look like they want to hurt me and it smells like mushrooms. <laughs> And that, that was the one where uh, you had Batman and Robin like in the hotel room, like, uh, and they weren't saving anybody, right? With like the glass falling. That was, yeah, it, I right? think you're right. Yeah. That yeah. was the one where he actually smashed the glass on everyone. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, he's spot on. I'm going to save all these people. Quick, Robin, break all this plate glass from the ceiling so ah! it falls on them. Smashy, smashy. Won't the, sh- <laughs> won't the shards kill those people, Batman? Well, if they're smart enough to get out of the way, they won't get killed. No, this is superficial wounds at best. <laughs> uh, That's he... why it's important for you to have those tourniquets on hand, chum. What? <laughs> uh, we never discussed that. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was two Robins ago. <laughs> yeah. I, sorry, I... Robin 3. <laughs> you said you sorry, would what, what did you just call me? Did you just call me Robin 3? No, I didn't, Robin. No, get down there with the tourniquets. <laughs> Oh man, oh. here's here's hoping that that um, you know Clayface will be a little bit different. <laughs> have we said the, yeah. have we said this like at the end of most issues? Yeah, so far? yeah here's no, hoping we, we just, that yeah. the next one. Man, we're gonna get uh, to the point and be like Brandon and be like, "No, I hate Batman." <laughs> <laughs> Great. Now I hate everything about this character. But Leo, what's what's your take on this? Uh, Brandon Brandon said it's not the worst, but it's you know it's kind of close. I said three and a half out of five. Yeah, as as a story, I enjoyed it. Uh, I really enjoyed the art. Uh, I would say this is definitely the second best out of all of them. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it's... But it's still, I, I agree with Brandon. It, it, it's not the one bad day. This should have been a totally separate, you know, Catwoman story. This should have been like an annual for the Catwoman uh, series that's running. I'll put it in the middle. You know, I, I think the second best for me is going to be Mr. Freeze. And then I liked the Penguin one. I would put that above them. And, and I would put this above Bane for sure. And yeah. I would put, um obviously, Two-Face at the bottom. Yep. You know, but like number one has got to be the Riddler. Like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say like, you know, I'll give it like three out of five batterings. But yeah, that's that's absolutely fair, man. Yeah, you know, I, I would I would say for me it's you know from top to bottom it's it's two-face this one and this one by virtue of the fact like it it's a good story but it's not one bad day um then i would put mr freeze then penguin uh then bane then two-face because yeah that two-face one is actually no i'm sorry two-face then bane I, I only because you're uh, Bane two, last. 
I'm putting Bane last. Okay. Um, I mean, that's I'm, that's fair because that that uh, villain that they just threw in there was absolute garbage. So I, yeah. I get it. I just I just hate that stupid thing where it's like, oh, I'm killing my father. Of course you are. You know, it's like, yes. Just, and if this were 1953, that would really blow my socks off. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, no, what's going to happen? You know, tune in next week for the thrilling adventure of <laughs> oh, wait, they're all dead. You know, it's like. Will Harvey Dent Jr. be able to save his father? Harvey Dent Sr.? No, he killed him. Never mind. Tune in next week. <laughs> Little Orphan Annie's on next. <laughs> I guess we'll Choco just Choco is Buffo. <laughs> uh, what about the Warner sister? Ha! Dot. Dot? <laughs> <laughs> She's cute. <laughs> you find any prints? I, I found prints right here. No, fingerprints. I don't think so. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, I take umbrage. <laughs> Go on, take all the umbrage. Don't leave any for us. <laughs> Hello, nurse. Of course, you go faulty. Oh my god! Uh, I've set us down the wrong path. <laughs> uh, it's okay, still, it's still better than every fucking new episode of that show they put on Hulu. So uh, I, I haven't watched garbage. It. Oh, it's terrible. They got rid of everything about Animaniacs other than Pinky and the Brain. Like, for real. They... I, I'm good without having the hippos, to be honest with you. Listen, part of what made that show good was the variation. You had different things on different episodes. Some things some people liked, some things other people liked. You know, I personally always got a kick out of Chicken Boo. Oh, I Chicken Boo was fuck. the best. Absolutely. And they turned Chicken Boo into a, chicken, stu I tell you. <laughs> a stupid thing on the new version on Hulu. They completely like negated it and said, like, yeah, this was dumb. It should never have been a thing. Like, I'm like, what? And, and like, legitimately, every single thing that they showed on this new Hulu version was just interstitials involving the Warner siblings and then Pinky and the Brain. And like, if you wanted to bring Pinky and the Brain back, just make a Pinky and the Brain show again. Like, personally, myself, like, and this is for me, I never cared that much about Pinky and the Brain. At most, for me, I thought like, okay, like a five-minute cartoon on Animaniacs is good. I hated the half-hour show they did because it was too much of Pinky and the Brain. I, I found they worked best in small doses. That's just me personally. But to say like, oh, everything else in Animaniacs was garbage. Like Slappy the Squirrel? You can't do anything with Slappy? Good feathers? Nothing? Whatever. I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know. Warner, Warner Brothers. Apparently we're witnessing Brandon's bad day. <laughs> yeah. Warner, <laughs> Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers just like completely screwed the pooch on that with. Oh, the, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the first. And, and I mean, like, look, it's a DC Comics podcast that's that's going to complain about Warner Brothers. You're well, right. I'm just saying it's Warner Brothers animation for crying out loud. Like they're usually better than that. I think Warner Brothers is the biggest Batman villain there is. So. <laughs> yeah. They, they, oh, and the, uh, the new Batman cartoon, they sold it off. No, is they, it, it's not going to happen from what I understand. Really? What the Batman? The one? I mean, Cape Crusader. Yeah. Why, why do you say that? 
Last I, I heard, heard yeah. I, they sold it to Prime or something like that. Okay, they licensed it to Amazon Prime. What do you hold on? What do you th- what do you mean they sold it to Prime? They, like, what do you I think that they, means? They sold it to Prime. Yeah, no, 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 no. But what do you think that means, Leo? They licensed it to Prime. Prime is now going to be responsible for producing it. Yeah. But Warner Brothers still owns it. You get that, right? They still own it, yes. But from what yeah. I understand, they give up like creation, uh, like uh, total, um, uh, not creation control. Creative uh, control? Creative control. Well, there's still there's still certain tenets that need to be followed in contractually for the character. They can't just like change the character as it is. Like you can't all of a sudden say, like, oh, his parents survived their attack in crime alley. I you know, know that you, you have the basis, you know, no, it's Amazon Prime is gonna produce it. They're the ones taking on the production costs. And Warner Brothers is gonna make money from licensing the character. And Max doesn't have anywhere near the subscriber level that Amazon Prime does. So what do you think is going to get more viewership? Batman Cape Crusader on Max or Batman Cape Crusader on Amazon Prime? Hmm. So it looks like it is going to be coming out soon. Yeah. They didn't can it. It's coming out on Amazon Prime. I, awesome. I, I thought it was canned. That's fantastic. No, no. I This is news that's been out for a while now. Like, they reported on Amazon taking this over like a year ago. So yeah, you got nothing to worry about. Um, And, and, you know, don't be too concerned. I mean, you like Batman, the animated series, right? Yeah. Do you remember what channel you used to watch Batman, the animated series on? Uh, That was WB, right? Wrong. Fox Fox kids. Really? Yeah. Really? It was on Fox kids. Yep. It's on Fox Kids, man. And then the I, new adventures were on WB. Yep. And that's when you they introduced Nightwing and had the younger Tim Drake Robin. Yep. But that was that the new adventures of Batman and Robin was on WB. But Batman the animated series that was on that Fox. was Fox Kids. Yep. Why? Why was it on Fox Kids? Because Fox Kids had a very solid, popular block of children's programming at the time. So how many people were going to see it versus a fledgling WB station? Yeah, it was on. It was, I think, one of the first shows that replaced uh, Ninja Turtles after the Disney uh, Disney Afternoon. Yep. Yep. 1992, I want to say. Same exact thing with Batman Cape Crusader. How many people are going to see it because they're they're licensing it to Amazon Prime? versus keeping it on their own network that select audiences are going to see. Well, I agree with that, but I, I think the Amazon prime audiences are overinflated because everybody has prime for the shipping. Um, but, but they still have prime and can watch any number of things. I mean, yeah. the boys does huge numbers. Invincible did huge numbers. So I mean, I can't it wait stands to, to back. Yeah, it stands to reason that Batman. I, I, I hope it does well. I you know it's, it will. Not saying, it will. It's know, fucking things. Batman. It's yeah. Batman, and Amazon will will market the shit out of it. It's gonna be on your boxes when you order all your Transformers and such. 
<laughs> yeah, it re it really will. Or whatever you get. I don't know. I don't know what comes to your house, Leo. Dog this. Yeah, I mean, Cape Crusader you know? series <laughs> premiere, whatever friggin' day. You know, like. Yeah, remember the Tomorrow War? Remember that fiasco? <laughs> that was on everything. Do I have to? Do I have to remember it? I'm like, wow, this box of adult diapers has the Tomorrow War on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense because it's the fucking load of shit. <laughs> yeah. See, I set them up. You knock them down. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't mind the Tomorrow War. Yeah, it wasn't great. I mean, it's like, you know, Leo, it's, like, it's one of those know, like, things. I like they, how diplomatically Justin <laughs> just skipped over that. Like, oh, that's great. You. You didn't mind it, but it, it's Hey, do you like well thought out uh, setups for plot devices? No, guess what? He's your fucking father. No, it's gonna, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm just um, kidding. That's not the plot. It, it looks like uh, Batman Cape Crusader is going to be coming out by uh, the end of 2023. Woohoo! Oh, November, nice. November to December at some point. Nice. What I'm curious about is what they're going to what they're going to do regarding the main character's voice. After uh, after we uh, lose the last episode with Kevin Conroy, it's going to be interesting to see who they pick. He's going to ch get chopped in the throat real hard. They did. They actually did that on the 2012 Ninja Turtles. Movie. I was going to say that literally the words that were going to come out of my mouth. The were, only time I've ever they, seen that work. <laughs> it, but you know, they didn't treat kids as stupid, and and I respected the hell out of that. They're like, you know, Leo. Leo took so much damage and. He he had the life almost completely strangled out of him so hard that it it completely changed the the shape of his windpipe and he's gonna sound different from now on. And that's when he went from having the voice of Jason Biggs to having the voice of Seth Green. Or as we call him, Jason Little. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> so if Jay normal size, that's that's how the that's how the kids know him in the neighborhood. Uh, well, you know, he was he was almost Jay from Jay and Silent Bob and Mallrats. So it was kind of funny. I I remember uh, just real quick, Jason Biggs. Uh, he got cast in some like Woody Allen movie years uh -huh. back, and I guess Woody Allen started talking. He's like, "Oh, you know, blah 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 blah," and and started uh, getting real really culturally Jewish in his in his references in the conversation. And then Jason Biggs looked at him and goes, "You know, uh, you know, I'm not Jewish, right?" And Woody Allen was like, "What?" And he goes, "Yeah, no, I'm I'm Catholic. I was like I was raised Catholic. I I, I I'm a I'm a Catholic kid." And he goes, R "Really? I thought with the nose." And Jason Biggs was like, "Uh, thank you, but no." <laughs> like, so Woody Allen, I think, cast him because he thought he was like this nice Jewish kid from God knows where. And it turns out he's like, "No, no, no. I just have like a, a large schnoz, and that's what Woody Allen made his his his." choice upon <laughs> i stand by his performance in saving silverman and that is uh where i shall plant this flag <laughs> saving silverman man i i still think that the movie loser was one of the one of the uh biggest wastes of a band i've ever seen in my life weedus teenage yeah. dirtbag man great song lower mid movie <laughs> That movie is the two face of this conversation. Yeah. It's, it's just not. It's not good. And I, and I'm gonna put another one up there. Slacker, uh, oh. uh, slackers. Like oh the, wait, hold hold on, wait pal, wait not, wait not wait. the not the link letter one. Uh, no no no, I fucking love the movie Slackers. Oh with I, with friggin' Pete and Pete and uh, come on man. Yeah, uh, Jason Mar Marona? Uh, Verona, Jason Verona. 
from Pete and Pete. And yep. uh yeah, then uh what's his name? Jason Siegel. Yep. And Devin uh, Sawa, Lori uh, King, what's, what's La- Laura Prepon, yep, uh Jason Schwartzman. I love that movie. <laughs> it's just between me and her, and we'll work it out in a little locked room. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, Jason Schwartzman singing Little Locked Room at the end of that movie while he's working at Denny's on the piano. Like, that movie is insane. Uh, Sam Schechter, man. I'm in your class. I get hit by a fucking truck. <laughs> I, I I love that movie. How dare you? Well, you know, the, like, stepmom, the stepmom in that like movie. The, Eagles, so. <laughs> the stepmom in that movie was in Soylent Green. Well, she is made of people, so. She's the she's the wife of the guy that was that was murdered at the beginning. She was like out looking to buy like a nice piece of steak for him for his birthday at the beginning of it. Yeah, she's she is the like the the pretty redheaded woman at the beginning of that movie. Wow, that's and, uh, that's a throwback. I haven't seen that because that's from what like 1962. Uh, the 70s. Is it? Like, yeah, yeah. I know so, it's colorized, yeah. so it's you know early sixties, maybe not, but yeah. I think it's, it's like uh, seventy two or seventy three. Because it's it's post. Uh, is is it is it before he did um seventy three? Yeah, it's, it's after after he did Planet of the Apes for sure. So seventy three, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're we're off topic anyway. But yeah, yeah, we are. We are. We I'm absolutely like, are. I don't know. We're just rambling. Final movie. Final movie of Edward G. Robinson. There we go. Um. <laughs> But regardless of all that, um, yeah, uh, this this issue, uh, a solid Catwoman story, not so much a solid one bad day story, you know. Agreed. I think that's where we fall on it, right? Yeah. Take us home, monkey. That's good. <laughs> we'll wrap things up. I want to thank everybody for watching uh, this fine evening. You know me, just. Go or day, maybe you're watching it during the day or listening or, the- or, or listening even because currently yeah. it's a it's an audio podcast. It, it is, it is. <laughs> but we, we have the video, so we'll we'll launch the video at some point. Uh but yeah, you just Google me, you'll find me. I do a bunch of stuff uh with these fine gentlemen here. Uh and uh without further ado, Mr. Justin. Check me out, Epic Shells on Facebook. You can find my uh, podcast all about Ninja Turtles, Epic Tales from the Sewers, and also Generation Playlist, which is a, uh, a podcast all about music and creating playlists. Awesome. Powerful Brandon. Hey, hey, kids. Uh, it's Powerful Brandon here. Uh, you can check me out uh, on the socials on Instagram at This Brandon Has Powers uh, and X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, at Brandon's Powers. Uh, you can also uh, please check out uh, the other podcast that we do, Comics Paradox. Um, you can hear episodes of it wherever fine podcasts are broadcast or go directly to the website for it, comicsparadox.com, C-O-M-I-X-P-A-R-A-D-O-X.com. That is also on social media, Instagram, comics par- at Comics Paradox Podcast, and on X, formerly known as Twitter, at comics paradox podcast <laughs> uh and yeah we're we, we've been doing really well with that uh we we we're hitting lots of interesting stuff getting back to doing some more elseworlds and what ifs great news on the elseworlds front too because 
DC is starting up Elseworlds again. Yay! It is, it is a label that they have finally said, hey, maybe it wasn't a great idea to get rid of them. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes because currently the stuff that they're setting up is all sequelization of things that have already come beforehand, but that's okay. I feel like that's sort of a, an easing back into the, the concept that doesn't bother me by any stretch of the imagination, especially when they have people like Tom Taylor over there, which I think he will, he will work very well with some of the stuff they're doing. You have uh, certain people that worked on stuff for black label. Black label is not quite the same as Elseworlds. They're more just like standalone out of continuity stories. Whereas Elseworlds really does take that hard. What if line with a lot of things. And one of the ones that I'm excited about is, uh, Gotham by Gaslight, the Kryptonian Age. Uh, Gotham by Gaslight was arguably the first Elseworlds, even though it wasn't under the label. That first Elseworlds label was Holy Terror, Batman Holy Terror. But Gotham by Gaslight by Mike Mignola is it's it's a really great atmospheric story, which uh, I'm curious to see how, see how they start to include and expand that world uh, in a sequelization uh but yeah we we currently have an episode up covering uh superboy the adventures of superboy television series that was on from 1988 to 1992 uh you know and we got some more fun stuff coming at you we're gonna be hitting up some more marvel what if stuff very soon i know justin's very excited about our next episode definitely uh, because it's like it's it's one it's an issue of what if that he's he's brought up several times over the past couple of years. I got and, it uh, when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh no, I mean I had it too in the the episode the uh, the issue that the episode will be covering. It's it's burned into my memory. The we talked about it and without even looking at it, I said to you like, oh, doesn't the cover have this that and the other thing? And like, boom, there it was, like exactly as we remembered it. It's, it's probably like a rip off of the Terminator too. You know? Oh, more than likely. I mean, it's, it's a Liefeld cover. So make of that what you will. No feed on it, which means it looks great. Plenty of pouches. <laughs> oh, I said Rob Liefeld, didn't I? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we, we got that one that's going to be coming out in a, another like week and a half. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, we hope. And uh, other than that, you know, you you all just uh, stay cool and we'll catch you on the flip-flop. Bye. Deuces, everybody. Later. Later.